Hi everyone, this is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Ugh, Alex, you're not even paying attention. We're recording. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Who are you texting? Oh, one of my clients. She's asking about um whether it's actually important to have like protein and carbs within like the 15 30 minute window after your workout. And and I'm telling her it is. It is important, but it's not the most important thing. Like if you can do it most of the time, then do it because your body in that window of time is primed to absorb those nutrients so if you can get them in you might as well yeah but um yeah she was just saying she was just asking that question so i was answering it for her that's a good one to like answer on the podcast i said what did i say to do <laughs> don't you dare question me again eat your vegetables but not right after your <laughs> workout it's too close for fiber <laughs> It's exactly i actually have this like special font i use for texting that like it's so when people read your text messages they read it in that voice yeah or i put the little like mad emoji with like the purse lips it's like very like like uh it's a movie with the wire coat hangers i said no wire coat hangers mommy dearest that's a movie which, like, I guarantee you, like, most of the people in our generation probably don't know what that movie yeah, is. Yeah, I remember you actually, you were making fun of me because you're like, you're like that woman from that, that movie. I was like, what movie? And you told me. And then I was like, well, show me the clip. And you did. I was like, I need to work on my anger problems. <laughs> it's a crazy clip. No. So it's like, why? I said, no, why? Coat hangers. It's crazy though. That movie is so scary. It's like it's it's. I don't know. Maybe like in the sixties, early seventies. No, it had to be older than that because it's filmed in black and white. Anyways, it's called Mommy Dearest. Go look up. Like all you have to do is Google Mommy Dearest coat hanger scene, and you'll kind of get an impression of the way that Alex used to be when literally anything at all did well, not. That go. was yeah. That was when I worked uh, at the law firm that I didn't enjoy working at. Yeah. Not the law firm's fault. That was just not a good fit for me, as everybody knows. From a career choice standpoint. Do you ever did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Well, yeah, of course. You know the mom Lois? Yes. How she was like kinda crazy? Yes. So my sister and I used to call my mom Lois. To her face? Yeah. And like she can't really deny it because we were crazy back then. Like my dad and my mom both worked full time. They were lawyers. And my sister and I were literally in every single sport or extracurricular activity that existed and so you can imagine and like one of those sports ski racing where you're going to the mountains every single weekend yeah that's like a <clears throat> two hour mm -hmm. there two hour back yeah commitment so it was a lot and like my mom you know she always had like i don't know how she did it like home-cooked meals every night like she was just it 
all of that came at the expense of her mental health for several <laughs> years there. But, but there are a lot of people that can. So I do come by it naturally, I guess you could say. <laughs> She's great now. She's super relaxed. <laughs> super. I remember when we were we were packing to move here. And um, we were packing up the gym. And like we, we had started packing. I think we, we left ourselves maybe like three or four days, which is pretty reasonable for, you know, two people that don't they don't have a lot of stuff. We were packing the gym up. I don't remember why you were so frantic, but you were, you were just like for absolutely no reason, just like out of your mind frantic. And then you like, you did something with the rower slide and like the seat slammed. Oh man, that was loud. And I was like, Alex, like you have got to calm down. <laughs> it was like, for some reason you were trying I think to in that moment. That was the only time I ever responded to. You've got to calm down with, you're right. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you're going to break something. You were trying to carry up like multiple items at the same time. And like, we're not moving right now. You can just take the things up one at a time. Yeah, that was, that we was all something have else. our downfalls. Um, one of your other downfalls is making assumptions about my character based on like, based on information and stories that you fabricate in your head. Like, uh, like the, what? Like the other day when, um, when you were like, you know, what did you say about the, the tomatoes? You tell that story. <laughs> that, that was one of those things that happened where like, we have to tell this on the podcast. Yeah. Cause okay. I'm like, we're sitting outside and we had just had lunch and I cleaned up and I see like. So I do all the, like all the grocery shopping lists. Like I keep tabs on rations and things like that. So like if something's running low, Meredith doesn't realize until she's completely out. She doesn't have that thing in her brain that says, I only have one left. I should get more. I do. So I keep tabs on that stuff. You see, this is part of the story that you make up about me. No, like, stop. I'm okay. telling the story. Okay. Just let me tell it. Okay. So I come inside to like wash my plate and I see this empty tomato container, like the baby tomatoes. And I know Meredith had tomatoes with lunch, but I didn't see how many she had. I wasn't paying attention. So like I see the empty tomato container and we had just been to the store the previous day and bought all these vegetables. And I'm like, she ate, <laughs> she ate all the tomatoes <laughs> in one <laughs> meal. Like the, these tomatoes are supposed to last us a few days, like to put on salads or whatever. So I come outside and I'm not, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, you know what I love about you? <laughs> Which is code for, you know, what drives me effing crazy. <laughs> I was like that you would eat all of the tomatoes on the first day when you know, we're not going back to the grocery store for another few days. And then I said, do you want to know what I love about you? It's that you didn't realize that the tomato container was not resealable. So I just put the tomatoes in a fucking baggie and put them in the fridge. I did not eat all the tomatoes and I would not eat all the tomatoes. I was offended. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you thought I would just like... Like eat all of our tomatoes that we bought for the whole week. Like, yeah, you know, what? I'm, I'm just going to make myself this random tomato salad. Okay. I'm one of those people that I eat the same thing every day. 
And like, if I run out, it's a, it's a problem. Like I don't want to eat something else. Like I, I have oatmeal and I like a specific brand of oatmeal and I eat the same amount every day. And I make sure I never run out of oats. I always have a fresh bag. Like I always have two bags in the cupboard. So it was obviously quite stressful when we were quarantined because my mom was delivering us groceries. And so it was like every day I was like, okay, can you put this on the list? We're running low on this. And Meredith tends to eat a lot. And she doesn't, like I said, keep track of things. So one thing we got were these Jolly Rancher gummies. No, they're lifesavers. Sorry, lifesaver gummies. And she was eating them like 10 at a time. I was not eating them 10 at a time. Knowing that like we weren't going to be able to get more until my mom did another grocery run. So like what was going to happen was if I didn't say, hey, those are for both of us. Then I go into the cupboard and I see there's none. Or you know what I would actually see is the empty package in the cupboard. I would never take the last one. For example, there's a bag of peanut M&Ms that are down there right now. And there's one peanut M&M in the bag. And I'm not going to eat it. Thank you. Because I am not. That would be not polite of me. But um, yeah, I mean, my whole process is like sometimes I do run out of things and then I'm just out of them for a couple of days. And then when I go to the store, I get them and then. Yeah, that's okay. That's how I would live my life. I wouldn't run out of things like eggs or I mean, I might. You would. (laughs) But then I'd just make something else. I would just eat your sausage. One time I like, I was, this was all, this was a test and I, I usually tell Meredith what we're having for dinner that night or for the week. And one day I was kind of fed up or something and I, I didn't even like get mad. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to plan dinner tonight. I'm just not going to do it. And I, I think I like dropped her off for a haircut at like four. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll pick you up in a couple hours. And she was like, okay. And then dinner, dinner what are we having for dinner? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and I think that was when you realized that you actually don't. But now also, every time you ask me a question, I feel like it's a test. So you've also made me. It is. Yeah. It is a test. <laughs> <laughs> what's my, what's my pass fail rate on your test? Oh, you're not even close to passing. Mm. You must really like me then. <laughs> you have other good qualities. I guess so. But you would never make, you never just like show up with pancakes. Like some, like some days I'll walk down to the kitchen for breakfast and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make pancakes. You never do that. No, never. I mean, that's I have like to have my oatmeal. Maybe a one in like every 10 days I do that. Like I'm not eating different stuff for, I mean, my breakfast is basically the same always. But then like, I'll just get a wild hair and I'm like, you know what? Blueberry pancakes. Let's go. Let's do pancakes with M&Ms. I'm going to do that tomorrow. No? Okay. I think it'd be good. Um, all right. Anyways, we will get on with it. The purpose of this episode is um, to talk about Pride, Pride Month. It's June the 7th. We're in the first week of Pride Month. And, um, you know, whether you're uh, gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever. Everybody's probably fairly familiar with the concept of pride at this point. Um, kind of wanted to talk about what it means to us when we were first exposed to it. So when was the, when, what was your first exposure to pride? Um, I went to pride 
in 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. What was the year? Yeah, 2016 was a really hard year at regionals, right? 2016. Yeah, that was the yeah, year that the everybody's pistols and back broke. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It was 2016. And um, I had just broken up with like kind of the for one of the first girls that I was dating. And she was super in into like the pride scene. Well, not really super into it, but she was kind of like she had a lot of friends and just so I went down to the parade, but I didn't have anybody to go with really because I didn't know anybody. And obviously the girl that I was dating, we weren't dating anymore. So I brought um, my friend who's like a childhood friend of mine that I didn't even like, I think I came out to her that day. I was like, I need a friend to come with me to pride because I'm gay. Like, and so she did. And, and then I hooked up with that girl not hooked up, but I... You hooked m- up with a girl at No, I met, I met up with that girl that okay. I was dating as friends. I mean, that's not what I heard. And she introduced me to a bunch of other people from Calgary. And I just ended up hanging out with them. And, like, we went out and partied. And it was super fun. Yeah. Um. No, that... I'm My timeline's wrong. But anyways, that's the gist of it. Yeah. It was... So it was... Yeah, about a year after I had... No, it was, a, it was probably about six months after I'd come out. And it wasn't like the per. It was a. It was a very like. PG parade. Yeah, like they, a lot of them tend to be. There was a like a lot of families. It was a lot of just like. I don't know. It was. It was fine. It was a good. It was fun. It was a good experience. And then we went out to the gay bar, and that was really fun, but. It was very like. Benign, I guess. Like it was vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was my first exposure. What was yours? Honestly, like I hadn't really heard of it when I was younger. Like, did you, did you know about it before you went? No, you just, you didn't know what it was. Oh, I don't recall, especially when I was younger. I definitely didn't. Yeah. Well, I definitely didn't like, and even now pride in the South is not really a thing. Like I can't even remember if like, I'm sure that Raleigh has a, a parade of some sort but it was not big and i bet there's a lot of cities in the south that don't have them at all um so yeah for me like a lot of what i you know where i learned about gay culture and what it means to be gay and all that stuff i learned it while i was watching the l word and Mm, i had watched the l word before so yeah i was very familiar yeah but like I felt like that was like not real. I know. I, I like like I was like, oh, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't realize like that was a thing. Yeah. And like dinosaur. D- yeah. Like I was like, I don't know. Yeah. So I like that was that was 2015, 2016 time frame before I was out and I was still married to a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would watch the L word while he while he would play golf. And that was my In secret. That was my uh, indoctrination to the gay community. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, and then that was kind of it. I guess I knew, like I had some friends, like Meg, she, I had seen her post about Pride. I had like kind of just like vaguely, like I had connections 
And it's like, you'd see them doing things with like rainbow flags. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is. It wasn't really until we went in 2017 to Toronto pride. Mm -hmm. That was my first experience with pride and like what a first experience that was. Yeah. Cause Toronto is, they hosted the year before there's always a world pride festival. And so it's been in New York city and it's been in London. And then the year before we went, it was in Toronto. So I feel like a lot of the infrastructure was still there from that. And then Toronto has this huge, like sort of gay neighborhood where it's just, you can really like feel it. Um, and that was wild. Just like the number of people, like the, the sheer mass of it alone, like it could have been a, a parade for anything and it would have felt massive, but <clears throat> it was a, it was a pride parade and you saw kind of all kinds of people there. And that was my, that was, that was kind of when I was like, I need to learn more about what this is about because clearly what I thought it was, it is not that. Yeah. That was an eye opener, but it was a really like, it, it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I was just like, it just, it feels like a safe space. It was, it was really cool to see all of these different kinds of people being who they are that you don't normally see in the world, but like they're obviously in the world. Yeah. But they just, it's like they're to take um, a phrase from this podcast that we recently listened to they're on be on their best behavior. And then you see them in this environment and they're just who they are yeah. and they're, they're wearing what they want to wear or they aren't wearing anything at all. Like there were naked people and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, like no, like completely nude. Just like, but you don't see that in Cal like Calgary parade. That's like, you know, yeah. That I mean, wouldn't that's like be allowed kind of a bigger, but you go to Toronto and it's like, okay, everyone's just cool with it. Everyone's cool with whoever you are. Yeah. And so then like, that's kind of when I started like reading and researching the, like the history of it and the history of it. And then, so, okay. Then in 2019, yeah, I remember this distinctly. And this was after I had read about it, but 2019 was the, um, let's see the 50 year anniversary. Is that right? 50. Yeah the 50 year anniversary of the Stonewall riots. And that was where pride began. So Stonewall riots were in 1969 and that was in New York. And it was kind of at the height of like gay discriminate discrimination. And like, it was, it was criminal, like gay sexual acts were criminal back then. And so they had, you know, they had arrested all these people and the Stonewall riots were in response to like police brutality at that time specifically against um gay and uh transgendered individuals in like the in manhattan and greenwich village village and so that was and i remember that was a big deal in 2019 because they did a, a whole like celebration of that and kind of just like um that's when you started hearing a lot about the um like kind of the history of pride in main mainstream media so yeah. And so this, this, I wanted to do a podcast on this just to kind of talk about pride and like our experience with it. But then we listened to one like NPR one the other day where Roxanne Gay, who is a, <clears throat> um, like a bisexual author and kind of personality was talking about pride and how it's, it's kind of morphed into this thing that it never, it was never meant to be. And so she's framing it around like New York city and a number of other big cities 
around uh, the country and in the world have banned uniformed police presence. And that ban's happening kind of specifically because of the, like, you know, where pride comes from. And it, it's, it comes from the fact that there was pr- police brutality against the, like, the gay community. Um, and I think just everyone right now has a sort of heightened sensitivity to police presence in general. Um, and so she basically said, there is no place at pride for police. Like she just, she's very, she took a very hard stance on that. Yeah. Well, it was in response to a New York times article and edit an op-ed, an op-ed that had been written, um, saying that, you know, that, that isn't right. Like that well, isn't right to, a, to ban. Yeah. It was by a gay police officer mm-hmm. who said, who said by you, you saying I can't show up in uniform is basically like putting me back in the closet. And her response to that is it's not even close to being to you being back in the closet because a, a, a police being a police officer is not a marginalized existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, so she had that response. She had a lot of really, really interesting takes on yeah how things have morphed and well, it's kind of what like, so this whole, like this whole idea, uh, well, I, I wanted to do a pride episode anyways. And then I got to thinking about this because, you know, every year. So I think I first started thinking about this when I, when I saw Shanti Cofield post on her, the movement maestro Instagram page. And she posted a meme that said something about like, this is the time of year where large companies and corporations like paint, put rainbow shit all over their merchandise and expect you to buy it if you want to support pride like you can buy you can give me money a gay directly and it's like that got me thinking and it is it has become this very corporate thing um you know where like budweiser has rainbow cans you know every athletic company that's out there is coming out with rainbow shoes and rainbow shirts and that kind of stuff and people just eat it up and it's like i get it like it's one way to show support but at the same time like and I was thinking about this on the drive home, like imagine, so I like to think about like the gay, like June being pride month, kind of in the same light as like black history month, which is February. So imagine that during black history month, they just decide like all these companies do the same shit, but with some sort of like symbol or symbolism around black history month, like there, there's no way that that would happen. It's like, like they put rainbows on shit because you know oh gays are happy it's like a happy time and like it is, I'm glad that like you know it's being celebrated but at the same time like reducing the gay community to like you know you can be gay but only if you're happy and jovial and you wear rainbows and like you're easy to take mm-hmm. and you know these companies are profiting off that narrative which is I think inherently sort of harmful to the gay community because it says like you can exist but only in a very heteronormative way like you can exist but only if you don't talk about sex you can exist but but like but only if you don't like kiss in public stuff like that you know what i mean you got that thousand yard stare going so now you got something taking it in so it's like you know and then okay on top of that so let's just take a I remember reading a tweet, I think it was by Adam Grant a couple months ago, and he said, if you want to understand what a company's stance on diversity and inclusion is, just look at who they promote to the top of their organization. Look at who they're like routinely promoting. And so it's hard for me 
It's hard for me to look at a company where if you look at the board of directors, you're going to see all white men, all straight white men, maybe a, maybe a couple women, but probably predominantly like every major corporation, straight white men. And you're going to tell me that they give a shit about diversity inclusion, really, when it comes down to it, when they have historically not promoted like diverse human beings through the ranks in their company. And that's just, that's straight up. That's kind of the way that corporate America exists. And, uh, yeah, it just makes me feel some kind of way. And then like, so a couple of weeks ago, we both get a, um, a DM and this is like, it starts with a DM in our DM request, which basically says like, I haven't bothered to follow you until this point. <clears throat> and clearly we don't engage with the company, but it's like this company that's like, Hey, we're doing a pride collection of our apparel. We're going to donate to charity. Would you mind like would you like us to send you some clothes to promote in order to raise money for this charity which they didn't say what charity that no. was um so we both say sure yeah i'll be fine like we're ha we're happy to like kind of like shine light on any lgbtq charity yeah yeah and uh didn't hear anything back and then we get then a, a couple of strange things happen so without hearing anything back we get sent uh well here's our line of pride stuff let us know what sizes and which items you would like because there were a couple different styles and i was looking at it and i was like this isn't pride there's like one thing with like it was mostly it blue looked, it looked like tie-dye yeah but it was like dark tie i don't know it's fine i don't need to describe it yeah but it wasn't anything that would would send the message of pride i could it looks you know like as much summer... as as much as like you know rainbows do signify like what Meredith was talking about like they do signify pride and like if you're gonna do pride do pride well there's certain like there it wasn't rainbow it wasn't it was just colorful but not rainbow colorful like well like the pride flag so I'm it looked no it looked like it looked like you know those paintings where somebody just like throws paint at a canvas Jackson Pollock okay that's what it looked like yeah but it, there was no actual rainbow colors it was just like no there was some black some red well like to be nitty here the pride flag is a recognized flag and like flags all over the world it has very specific colors that mm -hmm. like all you have to do when you're, you're getting apparel printed it's exactly what I do every year when we get ours is you just you make sure that the colors that you have printed match exactly yeah. what's on that flag. And like I'm you know what I can judge what I think is pride and what isn't. And this was not pride. It's like we want to do pride but we don't actually yeah, want to do anything. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. So like that was kind of awkward and then like so I didn't even really I didn't it was really We don't want to do pr we want to do pride but we also want people who are homophobic to buy it also. You misspoke. You you said homophobic. What you should have said is you want people who are assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they're not afraid <laughs> of anybody. But that's what it seemed like. It was like, okay, you're trying to play both sides here. Like, yeah. We want this to sell across all Republicans by Nike too. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like you remember yeah, when it, Michael yeah. Jackson or Michael jo uh, Michael Jordan? Yeah. it's this. That's this. what it felt like. And so then they sent a message um, to me and they said like, you know, we, we're going to get your stuff shipped out. Um, we want you like, we'll send a schedule for posting. Like we want to feature you as an athlete. Do you think you could connect with a local videographer or photographer to come up with some content and tell your story and why like being LGBTQ is important to you? I was like, it's not important to me. It's just who I am. Um, and like how that mat, like why that matters in the CrossFit space. And I was like, 
you don't even know me. Like you don't realize how personal that question is. And like, I kind of reserve that for my personal platforms. Like they, it became super evident in that moment that they just, they wanted to use me and to use you as like their, we need a, we need some gay people on this campaign or it's not going to work. And they were like, we'll just get anybody that we can. But it was like, but, but it started as we want to send you. I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to assume things, but it's hard not to assume that, that this, there was an ulterior motive, which you can assume from a business that actually like has not actually, that has no relationships with, and I'm not saying that was like intentional or not intentional, but they clearly don't have a relationship with anybody who is, is gay and that like an existing athlete. Yeah. And so they're reaching out last minute to try to fill that spot in order to do this mm-hmm. thing. And it just didn't feel, it felt so ingenuine and yeah. I was just like, well, this feels really icky all of a sudden. Is it disingenuine or ingenuine? Disingenuous. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll have to check that later, but yeah, it was, uh, they sent me the clothes and I, I looked at it and I, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not res- even responding to this. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to support that. Like, you know, they may not know better. And like, maybe I, I was thinking, I'm like, could I tell them like, Hey, this, is this the pride collection? Like, what about this is pride? Please this tell me. This is summer tie dye. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. Gays love summer. <laughs> That's probably what they were thinking. I don't want to, yeah, like I said, I don't want to assume things, but like, it was really hard to not assume that that was, that was a misstep by them. Yeah. But it's a small company. Maybe they just don't know. They're going to learn this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least they're trying. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just, I feel like there are so many. I feel many... like they're taking it. I, you know what? I'm going to say it. I feel like they're taking advantage. Yeah. And I also the same thing, like. Uh, yeah the whole corporate yeah the whole corporate thing well it's like i get it right because we do pride shirts every year and i wait until june to release the shirts because i know that people will buy them in june but like it just it means something to me to do them and it just like we're out we're out all like all year long um you know i we kind of like plan around like a june release of a pride shirt and like it's more to to us and it's definitely more to to me than just like trying to capitalize on the month and we've done fundraising in the past and um i think there are good organizations out there like you can look at who like megan rapino involves herself with there's a lot of like big name gay athletes out there and like they're doing good work but these kind of like these corporations it just feels like i think the fact that they didn't say what charity it was kind of threw me off it's because they didn't have one picked out um for me, um, I always, I always see these rainbows. Like even they, they paint a rainbow flag, um, on one of the crosswalks in the more popular part of downtown Calgary. And I don't really, I guess I haven't really thought critically about this or been exposed to people with a little bit more knowledge of the history and a a different take on it. And maybe how like older generations were actually discriminated against, Mm -hmm. Or even today, certain, like Meredith has has talked in the past about how we fit that easy to digest mold. Like two white females, young, is much easier to digest than some other couples or types of people. And so I see these rainbows, I'm like, oh, oh, great. Like, 
mm-hmm. you know, people are accepting. I don't, I don't feel like I need to hide as much. Um, but then I hear about this, this stuff, like, you know, probably for the first time ever this year and listening to that podcast. And I'm like, you know what? That's, it is all true. Yeah. And as much as people are trying to be accepting and like start conversations, I don't know if there's actually conversations starting or if they're just painting rainbows on, on windows. I think it's easier to putting, putting rainbows on beer cans. It's easier to, to paint rainbows than it is to have actual like meaningful conversation about like the history of pride and like what still needs to be done because there are people that don't even fit into like to, to the gay community. Mm-hmm. Like I, I read this thing on Instagram the other day from a, a person who they were talking about, <clears throat> you know, because of their job, they were forced to fit the, like the gay woman role. And she's, you know, they were like, well, I've, I've haven't identified as a woman in years, but mm-hmm. because I can't, like I can't be who I want to be with my career. I've had to fit into this mold and I'm just tired of doing that. So they quit their job and like they're in the process of transitioning and it's like, holy shit, like you can't like you're, you're, you don't even like, they can't even identify as a marginalized human being. Like there's something even more marginalized than that. And it's like, how, how do they feel when they don't even feel represented at, you know, calgary pride or wherever because like hmm, you don't make sense to me like you don't make sense to not to me personally but that's how they're probably viewed by you know all of these the families and the corporations and people who show up for you know to support gays like you and me but they don't understand a person like that Mm -hmm. how how do you explain that yeah i will say (laughs) in defense of rainbows and pride you when I was a kid, I never knew a gay child. I didn't know any gay kids or like um, kids who identified as a different gender. Yeah. I never, I never seen that. Like I, it was like you're a tomboy or maybe you're even like that was, that was obviously more accepted than maybe a, a boy being more girly. That was like very much frowned upon mm-hmm. when I grew up like, oh, boys don't play with Barbies type thing. But now, I think it was my aunt who lives, she lives up um, north of Edmonton in a small like farming kind of area, Myrnham, Myrnham ranching area. And I, and I heard from my mom that there's a kid who's transitioning and I'm like, that's, that's, and, she, and it's just like the kids are totally accepting, which kids are, they're, they're, I don't think it's the kids. No. But like growing up, I, we never had that. So I will say, I think there is there's definitely more talk and acceptance in schools and even high school. Like nobody came out in high, like not very many people came out in high school. I think I know one person who told me that they've come out in high school. Yeah. I, I knew and a that, couple. Like, now it's like, you see that all the time. It's just, it's yeah. And it's in TV shows. Well, there's definitely been work done. There's still work to be done because there's still people who, and that's the thing is the, the people who hate us, will hate us no matter what. Yeah. You're not going to change their mind. The most important thing is that you get those people away from decision-making positions with regards to policy and politics. Because like, for example, a couple of friends of mine just had like a baby girl yesterday. Um, 
And she put up a picture of the birth certificate worksheet, which is, I guess, where the parents, you know, you fill that out to make sure the right information goes on the, the birth certificate. And there was a, a questionnaire for the spouse and the language was like this. It was like, how long have you been ma- married to the biological father? Are you going to be married to the biological father in the next 30 days? Like it was all father, father, father. There wasn't a place on the fucking form for like, they didn't like, didn't use the word partner, nothing. And so she had to go to like some special administrative birth certificate, you know, room to watch them write the fucking birth certificate to make sure that she didn't accidentally give up parental rights to her child for checking the wrong box, a box that actually she couldn't check because it doesn't even exist in the state of Texas. Like we have to get these people out of decision-making mm-hmm. power. And it's like, I think there's, there's, there's work being done, but there's, if you don't like we have it, but there are people out there who are so ready and willing and they want to take it away. Yeah. And that's Texas. Some States are obviously moving a little slower than others. Yeah. I mean, Texas is going backwards, I think, yeah. but the problem with Texas is they have the, the power and the ability to, influence um other states and even influence people here in like alberta and you have ted cruz with this crazy fucking mullet who is just ready to get into the white house and wreck shit for people like us okay no more f-bombs please okay sorry we want this to be kid friendly (laughs) um yeah so um that and i think like we're lucky because we don't uh you know we do have a lot of freedoms that previous generations don't and that's one of the points that roxanne made was she was she was like i am from the older generation i remember what it was like um you know thankfully we have a generation of um of lgbtq people who don't they they didn't have to experience overt discrimination they didn't have to fight for rights they have rights and they had rights before um you know before they i guess before we got to the age i don't know what i'm trying to say but we are in that generation like Mm -hmm. we don't have to fight for what we have but we probably do have to fight to keep it and to to you know get rid of texas yeah i agree i mean I, and I, again, I've said this before, but there are still, there are certainly moments in my life. And this is, this is partially me. Um, but there are definitely moments in my life where I don't want to hold your hand walking down the street. I would rather just walk beside you. Even Maybe if I want to hold your hand, it's not that I don't want to hold your hand. It's that I don't want people to look at us. Yeah. It still attracts attention. And I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. But uh, like, there is there still are... some shame. There is, it is still like, there is a lot of negativity still out there. We don't experience it firsthand, but like, I mean, it's out there and like, I don't want, I don't want it. I don't want to feel bad. And so I'd rather just avoid the possibility, I guess you could say. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will say like, I, I'm not the first to say, oh, like I have uh, my girlfriend or my, my partner. I'm, I just don't say, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It just, it's not easy for me yet in all areas of my life in certain, 
circumstances. Well, uh, it's although like I, I do I do know that like telling our coming out stories or being on Savon's podcast and talking openly about being gay or you know being on Instagram and showing our life together has helped a lot of people and I know this because people have told me this. Yeah. Or you know being even even being a gay nutrition coach I'm, you know, obviously talking to people on a daily basis, getting to know them. And we've had multiple occasions where our clients have come out to us or come out during nutrition coaching periods. And you know, I've been either the first or second or third person that somebody has told that they're coming out or, um, and I think being who we are and being open to, in some respects about being gay provide shows that there is a safe space for other people to do it yeah and I'm glad I can be that person because if not for some of the other people that I used to look up to who've done the same thing who knows where I would be right now yeah it helps to see yourself reflected in others that's yeah and 100%. it's comforting and you've got something in common and it is safe and it you're not going to be judged I don't know there's um there's this weird like we're kind of sidetracking here but when you meet somebody who's also gay it's like you instantly have this connection cuz you've got this big it's such a for something that isn't a big deal it is a big deal and that it instantly connects you almost like you both have this kind of this story that you can even if you're from totally different worlds and you come came out at totally different times of your life you've got this like this deep understanding of each other it sounds so cheesy that I'm saying that but well, it's no. true it's so true it's like if you have a breakup you've been everyone's been through a breakup yeah you know and it's like I know what you feel it's that feeling that you can't really describe but it's kind of like that but more yeah I think uh more more unique I think it's yeah people connect that way like with trauma um, not that, I mean, coming out probably is traumatic for a lot of people and that's really, <laughs> that sucks. But I mean, I think it's, it, it's scary. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's definitely scary if you have people in your life, who you know, you're like, will not support you. And I've heard that a lot, which mm -hmm. is, that's probably where like some of the trauma comes from. And even like <clears throat> you get yourself really worked up about it and like, you know, and I know, but it's like. A couple, I guess last week they were doing a bit on the Today Show and they had a quote from Lance Bass who, if you're not a child of the 2000s, he was in NSYNC <laughs> and he's, um, he came out as gay and he said something, I can't remember the quote, I just tried to find it, but he said something to the effect of all you have, like, you just have to tell one person and as soon as you tell that one person, it's like everything after that gets so much easier um which uh, is probably more true for others um or for some than others but i think no. it does well yeah i guess weight. i can't i can't speak for others but for me that was 100 percent true yeah. it's like you just need to say the words out loud mm -hmm. to one person and then it's like you it it i i can't even explain it 
It's like um, it just like you become a different person instantly. So Can- Candace Wagner, who's a, a games athlete from like the like 2016 and a few years prior era, um, she posted something that I that caught my eye the other day on her personal Instagram, and it was like a picture of a friend, and it, I think it was just like a happy birthday post. But it's you know she was writing, and she said this person is. Uh, um, I I told her you know, while I was married to a man or after shortly after separating that, like, you know, I think I'm gay. And, you know, the friend without missing a step was like, oh, everyone knows you're gay except you. (laughs) And it's like, I had a couple of those. I had a couple of those experiences when I was coming out to people. It's like, oh yeah, no, we knew that. You just didn't know that or you hadn't come to terms with it. And it does like, as soon as you start sharing that information with people, not only do I think there's like an, like most people, if they know you, there's an immense happiness because I think they realize how happy, how much happier you're going to be. Um, cause I was really angry for a long time. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. I just had like anger issues. I didn't even understand where they came from, but they were like, not to the point of violence or anything like that, but I would just, I would get so mad with at like every little thing. Um, and just with people and with myself and I had, I would just have bad days, like really bad days. And it was like, that all stopped. Yeah. That all stopped. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was really kind of powerful. And you, you know, you put that out in the world and even Candace putting that out made me feel better. I was, I was like, Oh my God, I have that same story. And it's like, cause as, as, as normal as you want to feel about it and you know, this is my story and it's, it's the truth. And, um, you know, I can live with that and it still helps when you hear someone that went through the same thing. Cause you're like, yeah, you get it. You get me. Like you understand exactly what I went through because you went through the, like the exact same thing and in the exact same way. Like you understand all the shame that comes with ending a marriage because you're gay. You understand like, what it feels like to have to not only like break up with this person, but all of these family members who, you know, became your family. Like those people are gone from your life now. It just, it's, it's like ripping a big, it's like ripping a bandaid off and it's, it's painful and it's hard and it's difficult to, to describe and to understand. But when you feel like, even though I don't know her, I feel like understood by her. You know what the, I have like a really good, I was like imagining this in my head coming out is like having this like so you have this like wound on your hand or your arm it's like always been there is it oozing it's no it's festering okay (laughs) it's like you got a big bandage over it and you can't ever take the bandage bandage has got like it's starting to get yellow yeah it's like something is festering and it hurts and it's always like irritating you and it's always there but like you can't look under the band-aid because Mm -hmm. it's like you and you don't want to show anybody because you've left it for so long like unattended <laughs> it's like embarrassing at this point yeah and then all of a sudden you're like okay i need to take care of this and you rip the band-aid off and then you can finally treat you show someone and or you like, rip it off and it, there's nothing there no well that, that wasn't where i was going okay. but eventually it heals yeah you know but there's always going to be like a little scar there it's like it never really goes away. It's like part of you. Yeah. I was just, that, that image came to mind. I like visuals. Me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it felt. Like it was like, it doesn't get easy. The fr- Like the first time you do it, it's almost like you're so vulnerable. It's like, you've got this like wound that's festering. <laughs> it's like out and it could get like, you know, bacteria in it, but it's like, you just keep 
treating it with like really good stuff and like Mm -hmm. you get all the support and then it just like it heals yeah and that's how coming out felt yeah and we get to continue coming out for the rest of our life yeah i remember we were out at um like a little gathering birthday gathering last summer it was a socially distanced one for a friend's birthday and we were all all of us were gay it was all um there was a few couples and I, at one point we were talking about having kids, which I've actually never talked about with anybody besides like really you and then a couple of my clients, the actual like process of it and the fact that it's like, it's so expensive that some people can't even afford to do it. Like there was a couple at that barbecue and they were like, uh, we can't have kids. Yeah. We don't have money to have kids. Like, you know how expensive it is to have a kid. Like it was literally with their jobs they were like we can't yeah and that that was sad but it was also like eye-opening in that i had never really no one had it was just it's kind of just like oh, are you guys gonna have kids or, but yeah like, when that's someone a, that's asks like it's not rude to ask if you have no. kids there's nothing wrong with that it's just like it's just it's a thing like oh you don't really think of that yeah it's like you're asking if we want to have kids like basically do you have thirty thousand dollars that you can mm-hmm. that's expendable and, i mean obviously straight people can have to go through that process as well sometimes yeah but it's it's not the main point of discussion i don't think yeah when it is with, with us think... it's like okay this is going to be a, like a pretty significant process and even talking about like oh uh, somebody's mom said well why don't you use your brother's sperm and she mm-hmm. was like um no hmm. i mean some people do that some people don't but it's like there's the all these different elements that i hadn't really even thought about until i was in this conversation well even in the u.s in a lot of places uh, if you go to IVF clinic as a straight couple, um, your insurance company will cover quite a bit, not quite a bit. It's still very expensive, but they'll cover some things under diagnostic, but, um, same sex couples don't get that because it's all elective. And so you, you pretty much just write off like any amount of insurance that you, that you might be able to get as a straight person coverage for IVF completely off the table. That sucks. So um again that's one of those like that's one of those little things um but i think it's it's important like going back to the whole celebrating pride like it's not just about you know being accepting of somebody holding hands with another girl it goes it goes way beyond that it goes and like i said like we have it pretty easy given that we are who we are we're not we're easy to digest where people can somewhat make sense of us. There just, there needs to be so much more. Yeah. Um, And so they like still a long way to go. The end of the discussion, I think is what, what is pride actually for? Who is it for? And like the, the thing that's happening right now is that pride has become this kind of like, you know, we it's, it's, it's corporate America. It's, it's white straight America. And it's saying we accept you and you should accept that we accept you. And like, that's kind of what we're, they're pushing for. And that's where like Roxanne says, you know, you see all these, these gays who button themselves up for pride and they want to be on their best behavior because they don't want to lose the ground that has been gained. But in reality, like you don't want to just try, you don't want to just put yourself in this, like, heteronormative box like that's not what we're going for like the will and grace effect yeah that was a good term yeah i made a lot of sense and that's what you see on tv 
you know yeah you don't see like well even like and we talked about this you don't see what she said like kink you don't see that on tv no but that's a big part of the culture Mm -hmm. yeah um and it's like as soon as as soon as the population becomes overly sexualized and you know you start talking about sex and um you know it becomes quote unquote distasteful that's where you start losing the support and understanding of the heterosexual community because that community says well you know i want i come to pride with my children and it's like that's that's wonderful like i'm glad that you're exposing your children to um this community but pride is not for your children Mm -hmm. so like you just have to understand if you bring your kids to something like that especially in a place like toronto new york san francisco like yeah you're gonna you're gonna expose your child to some things that maybe like you would want to think twice about like it's not just like it's not you're not just going to a colorful happy parade like this means something and it's because the sexual act of homosexuality was criminalized and punished for years and like if you take the sex out of homosexuality what is the point mm-hmm. like we want you guys to yes you can live and exist together you can share a home you can have children you can be on the same mortgage you can go see each other in the hospital when you're sick but you cannot have sex you can't talk about sex you can't do any of that we don't want to see it hear it we don't want to think about it but that's like that's that is ingrained in the culture and in pride you can't take it away and you shouldn't and we shouldn't feel like we have to so i thought that was a really good point and it's like pride needs to remain like it was born from violence and like people need to know that remember it mm-hmm. it was it came from hate like good like happy pride's a thing i'm glad it's a thing but like never forget yeah i thought that was a pretty powerful take on it at the end and i don't like i think pride is for the gay community it is for the lgbtq community and and allies and it's it needs to be it needs to remain that way i agree i didn't actually i didn't actually think i would agree but then i did yeah you hear it and you're like yep that's yeah I didn't, I didn't like, I've said this on the podcast, uh, this podcast specifically, but it's this last week has been eye opening hearing that and talking to you and having these conversations because I do see a rainbow and I'm like, Oh good. Oh good. I feel better. I do. (laughs) But now I'm kind of like, ugh. A little, a little. Yeah. You know, I'm it like, just, do I consider, you really care? I consider the context. <laughs> it just made you, it's a, it's a good, it's a good conversation to have. I'm not going to like go into a bank and be like, you have a rainbow painted on your thing. Like how many of your employees right now are, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's definitely. Well, and like I'll continue, thought. I'll continue to support businesses that do that. I'll continue to buy like shoes and apparel that is pride themed because at the minimum like a person like me wearing that in public like mm-hmm. visibility matters and if it means that i have to have totally. a pair of like of you know mass-produced big box brand athletic shoes that have rainbows on them i'll do that 
because do you think do you think anybody who's homophobic is mad that the rainbow is sig- signifies the lgbtq community oh i'm sure like oh you stole the rainbow yeah. <laughs> i was just thinking that because i'm like so i remember seeing at my old job somebody had a, a watch with one of the like it was the apple watch and you can exchange you can get different straps yeah. for it and it had a rainbow watch and i was like i wonder if she's gay mm-hmm. but i don't think she was um but it made me think i was like well is she an ally or it's like maybe she just likes wearing maybe she just likes rainbows yeah and that made me think i'm sure but like homophobic people they're just mad about everything <laughs> yeah it could but be yeah. we could pick maybe a- they're mad because they're gay that's a whole psychology yeah. you know yep. like it's suppressed sexuality well, it's like you always see on on tv shows like the bully ends, ends up, up being, being gay. gay yeah i mean but that's actually a real thing can we talk for a minute at the end this is at the end uh about colton from bachelor yeah that was amazing i'm sorry but coming out is hard enough coming out when you're a public figure who's been on of all shows the bachelor where you're just like it's all about and no 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 and like i'm I'm not gonna say he lied but he he had this whole thing he played up the like i'm saving myself for marriage because i'm very christian yeah and he might be i'm not gonna say that he isn't but that was like a very convenient narrative for him to have yeah like i'm not saying it was wrong or right i'm just saying like you you he was really living this other life and like fooling people and it wasn't malicious it was just the way it was just the way it was but to have to not only say like you're gay but have to say like yeah and i went on this tv this billion dollar tv show or however much money i don't know with this many viewers and it was all a it was all fake yeah i mean like you're in the position where you're like yeah i I was married to you and i i knew i was gay Mm mm-hmm that but like and obviously that's that's a pretty significant thing too <laughs> but like wow and like just to have to take the pub like so many people know you and there's so many more opportunities for homophobic people or people who aren't accepting or who who can't understand why he put himself in that position to well, he's going to, to see, talk like, so negatively he's going to see like like the like girls parents who live in like alabama like how oppressive is that yeah i want to know like i'm just i was i was so i was so happy to hear that he did that because i'm like not not happy to hear that somebody else is gay but somebody who's gay and came out under those under that in that situation i'm just wow so (laughs) i want to know like so he's on a, a a set of a major tv show there's just staff everywhere there's stylists there's makeup like you can guarantee that there are gay men who work for the bachelor in some like whether they're doing hair and makeup whether they're doing producing whether they're you know doing whatever i want to know if they're like "Mm, okay honey (laughs) like do you think they it was just like gaydar off i don't know i don't really know how gaydar works because i'm like i have none but yeah i mean it's it's bad i um I've screwed that up a few embarrassing times. But um, sometimes I think some people, they're so far in the closet and so in, I guess, denial Yeah. that maybe you just, you just don't even think. But I, I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, but then what, what flips it? Like, how do you get past that to move? I'm not, I don't know. I like, think you just come, it all comes to a head. You just it's get to like, a point I have, where I can't live like this. Yeah, exactly. But wow, that was, that. yeah, I just needed to talk about that because that was crazy. Yeah. I was happy to see that. And he seemed so happy. I mean, I don't know him, <laughs> but it'd be cool if I did I know did him. I did watch his season. Yeah. And he just And I follow him on Instagram. His Instagram. And I liked now. how he deleted all of his previous Instagram posts. Ugh. And I'm like, that is, that's symbolic of it he's is. rewriting. He's a new person. It's like a rebirth. And it, it it's on like the internet. he was, he felt, he probably felt like he was living a lie and he was done with that. Yeah. And so now he's, he's starting afresh. I wonder if they invited him on Bachelor in Paradise and he was just like, I can't, guys, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I was happy about that. I mean, I'm always happy when people come out. Um, I'm proud, I guess. Because it's like... Yeah. It's not like I'm happy like we're gaining numbers. <laughs> well, I mean we're that gonna, too. <laughs> we're going to take over the world. <laughs> Our powerful little 10% of the population. Is that still the case, 10%? I don't know. I heard that a long time ago. Me too. It seems maybe. I mean, except in CrossFit. And then I think you're looking at probably closer to like 20% of females anyways yeah um that's a whole we'll leave that discussion Mm -hmm. um yeah so i guess uh you know with all that feedback about pride and who it's for like damn i'm glad it happens i'm glad that it exists and you know in any form and and i i know it matters for people and it matters for visibility and it's i've talked to people who are you know, who are, who are doing a much better job at raising their children in like, you know, non-gender conforming ways. And fucking, I love that. I think it's just the best. You know, I wish I had been, you know, it's no fault of, of my parents. I, I was born at a different time and in a different place. But remember when um, there was that whole, I mean, it still is a thing, but it was like big um, a year ago the black lives matter movement was like mm-hmm. there was the protesting and um y- you felt on and i think social media obviously played a pretty big part in this i personally felt like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't yeah it was like you couldn't say you couldn't say anything without it, it being criticized but you also couldn't not say anything cuz that would be criticized well, it's like, like Every, and I would try to do something that I felt was what was right and, and to show that I was um, educating myself or uh, aware. And it was like, oh, oh, you can't do the black square. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, you know, that was a mistake. OK, now you can't do this. Oh, you, you posted this. That's not OK. either. Oh, you use the wrong hashtags. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want people to think that's the me- that's the message we're sending out today. Oh, hell no. It was like, um yeah you should you should be you should you should be accepting but don't use a rainbow it's like that's not what we're saying we're just no. we're just we're i just use the rainbow i love seeing the rainbow mm-hmm. i love seeing that out there we're because just it makes making, me feel better um yeah we're just looking at some different views and it's more about like the the like pride is not for the straight community it isn't yeah it isn't to make them feel better about being allies it isn't it isn't for them it, it it's for us and that's all that and that's nothing all it is. wrong with that no it isn't and it doesn't mean that you can't be an ally it doesn't mean you can't be a straight person and support it and go to pride parades and have a great time and be there with your friends 
you know, it just, it, you just have to, you have to put that in the context of what it's for, mm-hmm. who it's for and where it came from. I agree. Yeah. So any closing thoughts? Alex? I'm, I think I've said everything that I need to say. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, if you haven't checked out our pride shirts, there's, I think we've sold maybe about half of them. So grab one if you're gonna and uh we appreciate it and we appreciate the support year round we you know we're we're pride 365 in these parts and uh i think that i'll always be that way um i just heard ivy is she okay she said ivy she just said rainbows suck (laughs) i don't know i mean off the top sometimes she just says things (laughs) um yeah so um thanks for listening as always and we'll talk to you guys again soon